Hi, it's Coach Tori, and this is Raising Runners. If you do not recognize my voice, that is because I have been sick and my voice is taking a long time to recover. So instead of making um, having to wait on these podcasts, I figured I would just record and we can bear with it. So in today's episode, I talked to ultra marathoner Emma. She talks about her journey to find running. She talks about her journey to get back into running after having her baby. She talks about her family as runners. She has a a great running family um, that's supportive of her. She talks about uh, some of the really cool races that she's done, the things she's trained for. She talks about um, how she's never DNF'd or did not finish a race, which is so impressive. Um, So she's super inspiring. I know I left this interview thinking I needed to start training for ultra marathons like right away. So hopefully you enjoy some of her insight into her running journey and it can apply to you as well. Yeah, it's super fun. Um, So I guess if you just want to start by telling me about like your running journey when did you start why did you start kind of where you're at now or you know anything like that sure um so I started running about four years ago and uh, like a lot of runners I quit smoking and then basically just had so much energy I couldn't sleep um and then just someone at work just said one day well do you want to try a run why don't we just go for a run after work um luckily my office is um in the middle of a forest so there's loads of trails around and uh, we just went and I loved it and I was hooked. I literally just, I, ju- I just haven't stopped running since. So I did that run, basically died because, you know, my lungs were in such a bad state because of all the smoking that I've been doing. Um, and then I, I'd booked a holiday to France um, uh, with my partner at the time. And I got his brother out running with me when we went to France. And like my partner was just like, what is going on? Like, because this is completely new. Our lifestyle was not like that at all. And um, sadly, we ended up separating because, I was getting so into my fitness, my running, my walking, and he was kind of going the complete opposite way. So um, sadly, that relationship ended. Um, but I was just sort of running more and more, and I was training um, for a walking marathon, doing um, the Yorkshire Three Peaks, which is quite a big challenge over here in the UK. Um, so my running was going up, and then um, I got on sort of a dating app, and I met James, who's my, now my fiancé, um, and he was really, really into running. And that was great because I really wanted to find another runner. Um, but I hadn't realised quite how into running he was. So he um, is an ultra runner. He's done uh, 1,200 mile races um, and basically has just got me into doing more and more distances. Um, three weeks after I met him, he got me doing my first marathon. Um, I don't really know how it happened. I was not trained to do a marathon, um, but I'd have to say like anyone can do a marathon. Um, the furthest I'd gone I think it was 12 miles before um I did that um but you know it wasn't a great time but it was just amazing it was in the um middle of winter so it was January and I basically got hypothermia because I I didn't know how to fuel properly uh, I was wearing a fleece which you know is warm enough but when you're under fueled you get really really cold um so he kind of had to come um I think about mile 20 and come and rescue me with some extra layers sort of in the marathon because oh, he'd already finished um and yeah so sort of fast forward to now um four years later so um I had my baby in October um and I ran all the way through my pregnancy I did um a few marathons a few ultras um on my first trimester I was running 
sort of 70 to 100 mile weeks and then it kind of declined 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 as the pregnancy went on because it becomes really really hard on the body when you run when you're pregnant um and then I had my baby boy in October and um sort of I had a really traumatic birth it was a it was a two-day labor um ended in emergency forceps and I was not prepared for the recovery. I had Mr. K booked eight weeks afterwards. Looking back, I just think, what an idiot. I just was not prepared at all for how, how much it kind of the strain of childbirth and how much it puts on the body. So um, I was really lucky because um, a couple of other female ultra runners have been in touch when they found out I was pregnant and they were sort of said, like, you need to go and see like a physio, a specialist um, female health physio. Um, sort of after you've had the baby and things so um, I went to see one and she was amazing it's a lady called Claire and she basically told me there was absolutely no way I was running for the foreseeable future um, my pelvic floor was about to give way um, which was just awful because I was just so keen to get back to running um, so that happened I had um, sort of exercises and things to do and she said cycling um, I could do swimming and I could do walking uh, but absolutely no running. Um, so I was sort of messaging her like, you know, oh, how far can I go walking? Um, and she was like, you know, just try not to do too much. And then I went for a 15 mile walk and literally I felt my pelvic floor fall. <laughs> it's like something really doesn't feel right. Um, so I went back and yeah, I had a pelvic floor prolapse, um, which was just horrific for a runner, um, especially because I just like, my life is running, like my life with my partner is running like, you know, every weekend we, we're doing events and things. And, um, and so, yeah, it was a, quite a long journey back. But um, so I got the prolapse in December at three months postpartum. And then I got something installed called a pessary. Have you heard about pessaries? Do you know what they are? Um, not really. I mean, like I've heard of it, but don't really have any knowledge really about it. Cool. So um, it's basically like a silicon ring that sits around the cervix and basically stops anything falling out. Um, so I've got there's loads of different types you can get ones that you wear just for sports um, but they, they sort of my consultant said that I needed a permanent pessary and it was just kind of easier um, so I didn't need to you know um, sort of put it in and out and things um, so I got one of them and then I could finally start running again so I did my first run which was 1.18 miles which felt like such an achievement <laughs> and then I've just been um, building up so being pregnant when I couldn't really run that well this year I just went a bit mad and I was like right I'm gonna do like all these events so I'm currently in the middle of um I'm doing um the Centurion 50 mile um Grand Slam so it's four 50 mile races over the year um and I've done the first two and got PBs on both of them um which was just fantastic absolutely loved it and if anyone's thinking about coming over to the UK there's no ultra runner do Centurion events, they are fantastic. The community is just amazing and everyone is just so supportive and so lovely. So I'm doing that. And then in two weeks time, I've got my first 100 miler. So um, yeah, I'm quite worried. <laughs> my pelvic floor might not hold up, but I think emotionally and mentally, I'm definitely ready for, for it. So it will just be if my body fails, but it's held up so far in the 50 milers. So I, I wear these um, special pants called EBB pants. And there's some super technology that's used to kind of give your pelvic floor support. And I was quite skeptical because my physio sort of said like, 
honestly get them they're really good and I was just kind of like paying a lot of money for a pair of pants <laughs> um, but they are amazing and they really really do give you that support and that lift and um because with the pelvic floor you get kind of heaviness um and you can sort of feel things just sag I suppose is probably the right word and like some days you feel fine and then other days it just feels really really heavy so they just give that extra lift to let you uh let you do it so um yeah so I've got two other 50 milers this year one in September one in November um and then I'm also doing Snowden 24 in July um have you heard about Mount Snowden no oh. it's one of our mountains over here just in Wales um it's very very popular a lot of trail runners and um, UTMB do do an event there as well um and that's actually the weekend before my my 24-hour race um but it's basically going up and down a mountain how many times you can in 24 hours so me and my partner are doing that and the mother-in-law is coming to look after the baby um which will be fab uh so really really looking forward to that one because as you can imagine the views are outstanding at the top well if it's a clear day fingers crossed <laughs> yeah I imagine. No, that sounds so cool <laughs> yeah so it's, it's been quite a journey but um yeah get, getting there and it was, the 100 mile it will certainly be the test of whether my pelvic floor is okay but I'd say if anyone's pregnant give given birth who's a runner absolutely go and see an expert because I felt I was fine I thought I would have done that 50k eight weeks afterwards and Christ I would have probably had everything fall out and be in surgery um so I'm so grateful <laughs> that she she saw me um that's good yeah no and that's crazy because I feel like we hear that so much now and even so my son is 13 months now um and like not until I think I had him or was I starting to hear people say like you have to see a, you know some kind of PT therapy all that kind of stuff so you know, I hadn't even thought about that up until then, you know what I mean? Um, but wow, from all, everything you said, I feel like I have so many questions now. I don't even know where to start. Um, I guess, what do you think was harder? Was it starting running as an adult? Cause like, obviously, you know, you were a smoker and that makes, you know, that makes your body not as equipped to do cardio, right? So I'm sure yeah. that was really hard and starting something new as an adult is always a challenge. Do you think that was harder or do you think restarting running after having your baby was that hard because you already knew how much you could run, you knew what you expected of yourself? Like, or was it even just like you can't even compare the two? Um, I think definitely starting from zero was harder after smoking because um, I've been doing, when the physio said I could do sit down cycling, I was doing like two, three hours, sometimes four hours a day of cycling. So I was kind of keeping my fitness there and my cardio there. So I knew as soon as I was putting my run, running, running shoes on that I would kind of be off. Um, when I first started running, it was it was really hard. And um, I still try and remember, you know, with the run club, when we do um, like a couch to 5K course and then that goes on. And then the couch to 5K is kind of integrated into the club. And it's just going back and remembering God, how hard that was to do that three miles. Um, but yeah, I definitely say that starting is harder, but you know, the hardest part of running is getting out the door. Some days you just don't feel like it. As soon as you've got, you, you know, kit on, put your shoes on, you're out, that's it, you're, you're running. So that is the hardest part. Yeah, no, the getting started, making yourself get dressed, you know, if it's cold, putting on all the layers, if it's hot, making sure you drink enough before you go. 
Um, yeah, so you started doing ultras after you met your fiance because he was already doing marathons and ultras. Was that really kind of what inspired you? Was it because he really loves it? Was it because you had done marathons? You're like, all right, what's the next challenge? Like what kind of inspired you to do that? And then do you have a favorite race, whether it was an ultra or a marathon or whatever it was, a favorite race that you had? Um, yeah, so um, for the ultras, yeah, it was the community that made me kind of want to push further because ultra running is very different from doing kind of a 5K, 10K half marathon. And they're very social, like, well, I'm not a front of the pack runner, I'm in the middle of the pack runner. So people going my pace are not there to, you know, push it to win the race. They're there to have a lovely day out, eat lots of food, have lots of chats. And um, that's what I really loved about it. And I think the sort of events that um, me and my partner do, we do a lot of smaller events where sometimes there's like 100, 150 people. And those are just lovely because it's really casual. Um, and I choose races generally for the course. Um, I love trail running and if it's a pretty course I'm there <laughs> that's the race I'm doing um, and that's sort of uh, the Snowden marathon that I did so I'm doing the 24-hour version so it's aim higher events and they do a series um, for UCMB points and things um, and they do um, a marathon ultra and the 24 race so I thought um, well it was I think three years ago I'd signed up for the event but now it's because of Covid it's been bumped 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 um so I'm really really looking forward to that and I think the marathon because it was so beautiful um was probably the favorite race that I've done but um I also just completed the North Downs 50 a couple of weeks ago um it's a 50 mile race um on the North Downs in Surrey and um that was a fantastic race absolutely loved it and of the series of the four that I'm doing this year, I'd been dreading that one because um, the North Downs has very hard climbs. It's like very vertical climbs and then quite a lot of flat, vertical climb, flat. And um, I don't know why, I just I just really had it in my head that it was going to be horrific. And it, I had the best day out. It was fantastic. It was perfect weather, loads of really good people out on the course, loads of people to chat to. And I felt really good. I got my fuel right for once. So um I tried sausage rolls um and I was eating like <laughs> sort of you know a couple of sausage rolls every sort of 40 minutes or so and it just worked really well for me and um I think fueling is just such a big thing when you're doing these crazy distances because if you get it wrong you just feel rubbish and your mood drops and I always kind of take like Harry bows and stuff so when I'm starting to feel a little bit like I'm gonna cry um, and I'm getting really fed up. I've just like, you know, need to pop a couple of Harry bow and get my, my blood sugar up and feel a bit, a bit more happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds great. And that's actually so funny because I recently went out and bought a bunch of gummy bears, which that's the same thing. Um, yeah. And I was like, this is what I think I want to bring. I mean, I don't do ultras. I would like to train for a marathon, but I'm like, this is going to be my long run snack is, is the gummy bears because they're so good and the sugar and all that stuff. Um, so training wise, so you mentioned fueling obviously is a huge part. Um, it sounds like the community and the people that you're with, like make the race better, but how else do you prepare for the race, whether it's mentally and obviously there's lots of running involved, um, but how do you prepare for long races like that? Because it's definitely not something I have ever been thought of doing. Well, I used to just go and run. So, um, when I did my first 50 miler, uh, which was in 2020 in October, um, I was running sort of 70 to 100 mile weeks 
And um, I found that that was quite good. And basically my training plan was how quickly can I trash my legs at the start of the week? And I'd usually get to Thursday and basically not be able to walk. Um, but that's kind of conditioning and you kind of have to do that for ultra running. You need to get like the muscles because they go through a bit of a cycle when you run of kind of breaking down and rebuilding. Um, so that's what I was doing for my first one. But with the pelvic floor prolapse, it had to make me completely change the way that I trained. And actually, uh, I mean, I knocked an hour off my time. Um, so I would definitely say the method that I'm using postpartum is a lot better than doing very long long miles um like high mileage weeks so what I would do kind of typically in a week I would go and do a session at the pool I would go swimming and I'd use swimming as base building because at the time my pelvic floor wasn't strong enough to go out and do very long training runs so I got up to doing um 5k of swimming um so it took took about two hours 20 minutes ish um, so I'd do that kind of on a Monday and it would just be great to loosen everything out, to loosen the muscles and things. Um, and then I was doing quite a lot of cycling. So um, I'd do sort of three cycles a week and then I'd be running about 30 miles a week. So I try and do a long run still, but I just couldn't do back to back runs. So I'm just starting to get back to being able to do back to back runs, um, which is great because it's just been a very much push and pull. And um, I, as an ultra runner, like I, I think my mentality is always like, how far can I push something? And I will just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. So um, I've had to be very strict with myself and really sort of go with how my body's feeling. And if I'm feeling quite heavy, that's it. Like I'm in the pool or I'm on the cycle, I'm not running that day. So, um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. So I've been doing my training at hours rather than miles, which I've found has worked really well. And it's been roughly 15 to 20 hours of exercise a week. Um, plus all the walking I don't really count the walking but I do loads and loads of walking with my little ones I'm still on maternity leave at the moment so he's out in the pram and um, we'll go out and wander about town and go on the trail sometimes we've got a flat trail near us so we'll, we'll just go on that and go have a walk that's nice yeah um, it's crazy because I would have pictured so many more miles that you'd be doing but I mean I also can't imagine the benefits of swimming for two plus hours. I mean, I can barely do a lap in the pool, so it's definitely not where I would be at, but yeah, no, that, that sounds, it's not what I would picture, but I can see how that actually makes it more sustainable. Like you're saying, like you actually are able to do it. You're knocking time, you know, off your normal time. So that is very cool. I like that idea. So it sounds like you have obviously a pretty good training plan that's working for you. It seems like you've tweaked things and figured out kind of what works for you, especially now postpartum. It also sounds like you kind of have a great mindset about running. Like you mentioned, you know, you really are a middle of the pack runner for the races. So you're, you're with the community, you're making sure you're getting all the food at the, you know, the aid stations and those kinds of things and checking out the scenery, but have you ever DNF'd or had just a really bad race or anything like that? Or did I've, I never, I've never DNF'd a race, um, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> I think I'm just so stubborn um I don't really care if I come last I mean I did a 50k when I was pregnant I was five months pregnant it was the hottest day of the year it was uh, 31 degrees C here and um my ankles were so swollen I think the last five miles I was moving about one and a half miles an hour um I was going so slowly it took me like eight hours usually it would take me five so <laughs> I didn't get timed out so that was fine. But yeah, no, I, I haven't DNF, so I'm very fortunate. Yeah, I can't. 
Oh, I almost can't believe that. I mean, obviously I believe you, but um, cause I do listen to a trail running, um, and an ultra running podcast and, you know, they interview a lot of ultra runners and all those things, just cause I'm like someday, maybe that'll be me. And I feel like I've never heard them have a guest that ever said they have never DNF'd or, you know, and so I'm always just like, I know everyone has to have their moment. Um, do you have any advice though, for, you know, someone who's either an aspiring ultra runner or a marathon or anything, just trying to get into Raising, like how to get into, I know you said you're stubborn, which I'm sure is a thing for a lot of runners, but you know, any, any tips or advice for someone who either is struggling with, like, I didn't finish my last race. How do I get motivated for my next one? Or how do I get, you know, my head in a place where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm not going to not finish. I think it depends on what happens in the race. I mean, the thing is with ultras, anything can happen. You might trip on a on a branch and you know sprain your ankle or something, which might cause the DNF. Um, but usually it will be if it's kind of like I, it's a, an underconfidence or I can't do this, or you've just got your fuel really wrong and you're just feeling awful. Um, some people's stomach goes, so they feel sick, um, or um, yeah, it just goes and um, they can't get that back, and that that's sometimes a big cause of like DNFs and things so it's just practicing fueling um I think and making it fun like doing the training with other runners as well um find some people that are signed up for the race like I mean there's so much on Facebook now I mean pretty much every race has got a Facebook group and things and connect with other runners um you know make friends on the course and um I think someone who wants to get into doing these long distances just sign up I mean what's the worst that's going to happen you don't turn up <laughs> you know just sign up preferably with someone as well so you can keep motivated um and train together and chat about things um and for me I was just putting myself around other people who had more experience who were faster runners I wanted to get faster so I started running with faster runners um and just talking to people to get their advice like how did it go like what went wrong in the race like what would you advise someone who's doing it the first time just for me speaking to people like you can read you know hordes of information online but actually speaking with real people and real experiences and I think for women as well um I think there's just there isn't the, a high female presence um in the ultra running community um you know it's it, it's brilliant to see more women out there um and I guess it's like for us we've got family commitments often we find find it hard to fit fit in the training but if you want something enough you will fit it into your life you really really will if you want to do it and whether you know you've got to get up that hour or two earlier or you know go to bed a little bit later just to get that extra run in um you know do it you know it's, it's a training block it's for a short time so yeah I mean there's just putting in um another thing I'm thinking of because again I've never done a race that long I mean you I think you were saying like a day or 24 hour race and things like that what I mean obviously some of it's probably you know chatting with other runners if you're running with someone or if you sign up with somebody or you're making new friends um but obviously your brain can't be on the whole time you're running so do you have do you listen to music do you have things you think about do you have like with the kids in run club we often try to have them pick some kind of mantra that they can repeat when especially when they're feeling like it's really hard so do you have anything like that that you're, you're like always this is what I do in races um I usually if it's a big a big race or something that's a new challenge and, and things I will put together a playlist so 
um yeah just all, all my favorite songs and a really good tip as well for doing well I think it's a good tip for doing the long runs and things is to put some really stupid music on so it's just stuff like that just literally makes you burst out laughing when it comes on and I find that that really keeps my head happy and you know it, it is great and I sort of mix that up a bit and just kind of try and think of some really stupid songs you know from childhood and things um to put on there I love that. I went away from listening to music when I run, but I found if I listen to like a comedian's book or something like that with, you know, like you're saying the funny stuff, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you kind of forget where you're at. You're now, you're happy. You're feeling good as you're moving. Um, you know, I really like that though. So you have a little one who, is your little one walking yet or not yet, right? Not yet, no, he's literally just started sort of crawling like a tiny bit forward. So he's, um, he's eight months old now. Okay, how exciting. Um, so do you have, I know, as, especially because you're a whole runner family, right? Your fiance is a runner, yeah. you're a runner. Do you guys have visions of you all running together? Are you kind of like, if he wants to run, he can run, but it'd be great if he did. Do you picture him like, you know, his first race when he's three or anything like that? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, everyone always jokes and things, obviously, with me and James. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he's already doing park runs in the buggy. So we, we on, a, on a Saturday, we all go down to, we've been going down to like promenades like, on the coast. So it's all flat tarmac. And yeah, one of us will just be pushing him along in the buggy. But yeah, um, we have junior park run over here. Um, so as soon as he's old enough, he'll be going to that. And yeah, I think we'd be pretty disappointed if he doesn't sort of just get absorbed into it. I think with the events that we do there's like it's families come and um you know he's just not going to have a choice he's going to be coming to these events when he's little um because you know we'll crew for each other um through these these long races um like for my, my 100 miler in a couple of weeks like james coming um and he'll meet me at certain points like allocated points along the course and he'll have kind of all my clothing my shoes like extra food and things and there are aid stations as well but um i'm gluten-free so i find it really hard with aid stations because i don't necessarily know what i can and can't eat um so yeah i try and be quite self-sufficient in that way so yeah but we'd love for him to uh you know get into it and in from a young age as well um so i mean james my partner is is an amazing runner i'm as i said i'm pretty mediocre in the middle of the pack um but yeah James is uh James is pretty good so he's a lot faster and um yes he's uh currently training he's doing training for a sub three marathon which he has done before um so yeah no he's he's quite good <laughs> wow awesome. yeah, yeah. running is like your way of life and you know it sounds like it's your whole community and everything you guys do you know it, it would be hard to imagine if your baby wasn't wasn't into running right do you have any, like, obviously you weren't running when you were younger, but like as a, a parent now of someone who's going to be in sports, like, have you thought of like, how are you going to help motivate him or how, you know, how are you going to help him deal with failure? Because unfortunately, like, you know, most people are going to come out and just be like amazing immediately, right? Like there are going to be times where they're like, mom, I hate doing this today. This is too hard or I'm not good enough or I wanted to win. Like, have you thought about any of that yet? Or I know I'm like pushing that all on you and it's like, <laughs> Months, like relax he's not sports yet. but I mean I know I'm one of those people who's like constantly overthinking so I just didn't know if you had any thoughts like that yet um well I think it's it's a bit early to say but hopefully you know he'll just pick himself up and just get back out there I mean that's all you can do um you know we all have failures and that's the, the biggest lessons that we learn is in our failures um so yeah I'm hoping that you know he will just keep pushing 
and hopefully he'll be getting to ultras as well which would be fantastic <laughs> yeah and guys running for hours and hours and hours right yeah it'd be great it'd be really good fun <laughs> no that sounds that sounds fun for sure <laughs> that's all the questions I had for you I didn't know if you had anything else you wanted to add real quick if you had anything you wanted to plug like you know I know some people have you know their Instagram that follows all their running journeys or anything like that before I let you go no <laughs> no I'm not plugging anything so. <laughs> I didn't prepare you for like hey, I'm gonna ask you your last little closing part <laughs> No, that's a fine one. Thanks ever so much for having me, Tori. It's really kind of you. Of course. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I'm glad we didn't go too much over 30 minutes because that's what I said I was going to keep you for. So, no, I really, really appreciate it. And then... Um So that wraps up my interview with Emma. Again, I was so grateful that she was able to give us some time to talk about her running journey. And she got really personal into the struggle she had in recovering after um, childbirth and getting back into running. And it really showed her determination and her love for the sport. So again, super appreciate that. That is our second interview in the interviewing series I'm doing where I talk to runners therapists, counselors, coaches, teachers, parents, um, dietitians, anybody who can have um, some really great insight into things that can be helpful for us as a running community of coaches and parents. Um, so that was our second one. And we have some other really interesting people coming up as well. If you have any questions, comments, anything, if you want to be interviewed, um, feel free to email me at marikeerunclub at gmail.com.